So, um, you know, last Sunday, Pastor Joel said we don't need a new word. We need a now word. And he, he shared briefly on continue. And his three main points, and you would have got the notes this week, were continue to stay in the truth we have been taught. He said grace has finished the work, but it demands dependency on him. And even Courtney this morning shared how, again, even as in, even in our giving, it requires us to be dependent on him, not independent of him. Right? That was a beautiful catchphrase there. I love that. And then uh, Pastor Joel said, continue in the word was his second point. He said, you don't need more freedom. You need more truth to live in. Right, we gotta get into the word so we can live according to his word. Right? Like we all wanna be free, but if we don't know that word, that is what is going to set us free. His word and only his word, right? And so he said, The freedom I'm walking in is the direct result of the truth I've embraced. So we wanna we wanna make sure we stay in the word. And then he also said, Continue to follow him. We are not people of compromise, we stick with the Lord. So we want to be sticking with the Lord as we go into 2023. Um, so I want to piggyback a little bit on what Pastor Joel shared last Sunday. And in some ways, you could say my message is brought to you uh, today by the letter C and number three, according to Sesame Street. How many of you all watched Sesame Street growing up? I know we've just aged ourselves. That's okay. I just turned 47, and uh, I'm excited about that. 47. So, yeah, on the 29th. Anyways, so I want to piggyback a little bit on what Pastor Joel was sharing. So I have, I have three points. Each point uh, has three, three words. The first and the last word start with the letter C. And we are in 2023. And my word today is, is let's continue, which was Pastor Joel's word, but let's continue in closeness let's contend for closeness so I know Pastor Joel wasn't able to find anything to rhyme with 2023 well I did you know the C's and the threes and 2023 and so I've nailed it this morning we could all just go home and be done right there right yeah so anyways let me let me start off with this scripture uh, just to encourage us this morning and get us going where we want to go. Psalm 27 verses 1 to 6 in the New Living Translation. It's a Psalm of David and it says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I'm attacked, I will remain confident. That's going to come, uh, come up again in a few minutes. I will remain confident. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, this is, this is it right here, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. For he will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. 
Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me at his sanctuary. I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. Like we did this, this morning, singing and praising and just lifting up the name of Jesus. And as Pastor Joel will say, shining uh, the, the spotlight on Jesus. That's what we are all about and that's what we will continue to do. And you know, um, with this particular passage of scripture, these words were spoken, I think it's so obvious if you read it, out of a heart of closeness. David was a man after God's own heart, and he desired to be close to the Lord. And in the um, Passion Translation, <clears throat> it's, he, he says it so well as well, and it just brings a bit more emphasis to what's being said out of some of the other translations. Here's the one thing I crave from Yahweh. You know, we all crave things, right? In life, sometimes they're wonderful things. They're, sometimes they're not so wonderful things. I crave chips daily. <laughs> and bananas. Rita remembers the bananas. I love bananas. I'm actually uh, signed up again for the Woody's Marathon. I was timed to set a goal for 2023, and I'm like, I need to do this again. So here I am. So bananas are always going to be in the banana basket right by my sink yes all right so but this is came out of a, a a man that truly desired to be close to the lord and it, so again uh, psalm 24 sorry 27 4 says here's the one thing i crave from yahweh the one thing i seek above all else isn't that our prayer i want to live with him every moment in his house beholding the marvelous beauty of Yahweh, filled with awe, delighting in his glory and grace. The one thing I crave, I want to live with him every moment. This was a, this was a serious desire for closeness, wasn't it? And um, it's a beautiful example for us today that closeness to our Savior really needs to be as important as our next breath. I really believe that for us. We need to continue in his word, right? We need to continue following him and we need to stay close to him. It needs to be as important as our next breath. You know, I love the story of Mary and Martha in Luke 10 and we're gonna read that this morning. Verse 38 to 42. Um, Mary took closeness very serious and we even sang that this morning in one of our songs our our devotion is is for you lord and we just come to the feet of jesus it that's not exactly how it went but similar um but verse starting in verse 38 of luke 10 it says as jesus and his disciples were on their way he came to a village where a woman named martha opened her home to him she had a sister called mary who sat at the lord's feet listening to what he said but Martha was distracted by all the preparations. Um, I want to go back to 39 a second. Uh, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet. Or another translation says, became glued. Became glued. And, and any of you that are carpenters out there, and if you use wood glue, and you're putting two pieces of wood together, and you let them sit, and you clamp them, and then if you try to pull them apart, it's, it's pretty difficult. And if you you might be able to, to get a wedge in there and pull it apart. But what happens is if it's pulled apart, usually it pulls some, the wood with it. So when we are glued at the feet of Jesus, 
the reality is is that you can't become you you can't not be changed when you draw close to him when you're at the feet of Jesus so um, Mary who sat became glued at the Lord's feet listening to what he said but Martha was distracted and then another translation says was pulled away man there's things that pull us away right I'm sure we could name them off this morning. I'm not going to name them for you, but we can easily get pulled away by all the, not necessarily by all the preparations, but pulled away by stuff. But she was pulled away by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. And then verse 42, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. You know, this has been um, a really, I guess this has been read to, to, to highlight often in the past of like how super spiritual Mary was against sort of the, the lesser spiritual one, Martha. And... Um, like her just kind of doing the practical stuff isn't as a spiritual as sitting at the feet of Jesus. But I really believe that, that that's not a, a, a very accurate example uh, of what the scriptures are trying, trying to say. It's, it's really a gross misunder, you know, misinterpretation of the scripture. And like, so certainly Jesus is trying to highlight, um, you know, something very important here, but not at the expense of devaluing hospitality, not at the expense of, of ultimately serving the Lord in really practical ways. Because ultimately, what takes place here on a Sunday morning, um, if it was all just sitting at the feet of Jesus, you wouldn't be getting a coffee. <laughs> right? So, so the practical is really, really important. But Jesus is highlighting something here, right? So in the context of the Gospel of Luke, he actually emphasizes throughout the Gospel of Luke the importance of practical service unto the Lord and um, and specifically in verse 10 leading up to it it's about Jesus going out or sorry Jesus um, um, take take calling the 72 and saying going out two by two and preaching the gospel but he he also shares with them like don't take anything with you and when you go to people's houses you know eat and, and drink and and just get comfortable there, sort of, not, not get comfortable, but just like take what's before you. Yeah, like don't like grab a blanket and a pillow and just, they had stuff to do. But, but the reality is that he, the people that they were going to were, were being hospitable. So if Jesus didn't highly value being hospitable and practical acts of service, he wouldn't be like, he would say, don't do any of that, just sit at the feet of my, just sit at my feet, but he didn't do that. And so, so anyways, so leading up to, again, in chapter 10, we see in that particular, uh, the Lord sending out the 72, how they received from people in very practical ways. And then there's the story of the Good Samaritan. Well, that's all about taking care of your neighbor, right? And, and being there for one another. So, so we really need to highlight that, there, that, that Jesus is definitely making a contrast, but he's not devaluing practical acts of service. It, that would be very, very um, incorrect. And so, um, so, so again, I, I look at spiritual acts that we do, and I think of like, you know, back in the day, you know, I would change diapers, right? 
And uh, of course, my wife probably changed more diapers than I did, but I, I changed diapers, right? Or setting up chairs or, or an act, of, a spiritual act, preparing a meal, spending time with, with one another, right? Working hard at your job is a spiritual act unto the Lord, right? Studying for a test, which my daughter was here. I don't know if she's listening somewhere. Studying hard for a test, you know, doing that unto the Lord is a, is a spiritual act. And I was reminded again of the Hope Mission event that, that happened here just before Christmas. Christmas. Again, we weren't sitting just at the feet of Jesus. We took time to pray. We asked the Lord, you know, meet us in this time as we're blessing families. Lord, we want you to to be, to, we want to shine the spotlight on you. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we did very practical acts of service, right? And I love worshiping the Lord on a, on a Sunday morning. And I love our encounter nights, one that's coming up at the end of, of January on the 29th with Marty Blackwelder as well is coming. And that's going to be awesome. I love spending time in worship. And yet, when we went out and, and raked people's leaves during, uh, at Thanksgiving, you know, that is a beautiful act of service unto the Lord, right? And, and, he, and he desires us to be doing that. And, you know, Colossians 3.23, it says, whatever you do, whatever, uh, sorry, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. And so I really believe there needs to be a healthy rhythm in sitting at the feet of Jesus and ultimately um, doing practical acts of service unto the Lord. And yet in saying that, we, we do recognize in this story of Luke 10, we recognize that Jesus was making a very distinct contrast, wasn't he? Right, in that moment. Um, and so to say that, that, uh, that one was good and one was bad, that the reality is this practical service to the Lord is essential and good. However, our first and most important task, if you will, is communion with our Savior. That is our first and foremost most important task. And then ultimately, everything flows out of that. We don't do practical service to gain our salvation in the Lord, right? We do it because of what he's already accomplished and done in our lives. So it's because of what he's done. So we sit at the feet of Jesus so we get direction for our lives. We sit at the feet of Jesus so that when we are doing those practical acts of service, they're done unto him, right? And then people see that and, we, we, and then we are able to give the glory to the Lord. And so everything flows out of sitting at the feet of Jesus. So he was highlighting the importance of establishing priorities in our lives, of knowing when to sit and to simply get close. And so as we go into 2023, I really believe closeness is an important step for each and every one of us to be taking. And, and the, what I love about closeness is that it doesn't matter where you're at. Like some of us in this room, some of you in this room may be way over here in this closeness with the Lord. And some of you might be way over here. And some of you may not even know where you are right now with the Lord. But that's okay, because he just wants to meet you where you're at. He just desires you to be close. And uh, Pastor Joel and Pastor Jamie will often say, um, Jesus meets you right where you're at, not where you pretend to be. I love that statement. It's just about getting real with him and just getting close with him. And, and he meets you right where you're at. So my, my first point this morning 
is closeness brings confidence. So I really believe we want this for 2023. Closeness brings confidence. And uh, I was thinking if you're, if you're a part of a, a sports team or if you're a part of uh, a drama or like um, a theater group, right? If you're in any sort of relationship, closeness is really important when it comes to confidence, right? So if you're on a sports team, I'm just thinking about the uh, junior Canada team that just won gold. That was a beautiful game. Um, but they obviously had confidence in one another because they're close to one another, right? And, and ultimately, they, they know where each other is going to be on the ice, again, because they spent time together. They've spent close, they've been in close proximity with one another over and over and over again, so that when they play, they, they know that they can be confident in each other, that they're going to be where they need to be, and they can, and they can go from there, right? And then and the same thing, again, with, with um, theater. Like, I, in grade seven, I did some theater, Scar, I did some theater way back in the day. It was like, I think it was Music Man. And uh, I had some pictures of my makeup and stuff like that. It was really nice. But uh, I didn't pursue that career. Um, but it was, a, it was a great experience. But again, I remember, um, again, the importance of working alongside one another, right? And, and for those two or three months, for sure, you are in very close proximity one, with one another so that you can ultimately... Um, perform on that night or those many nights and you again you trust each other in that closeness and it builds confidence and then again in relationship if you're in any relationship and you're a little bit like unsure of like man is everything okay I wonder how things are going these days like then maybe there's a a lack of closeness right we begin to question and so it's really important that that we um that we draw close to the Lord and so when it comes to our daily lives we want to walk confidently in the Lord, certain of who we are, so that no matter what comes our way, it doesn't shake us. We even sung about that again. As we draw close to the Lord, we're unshakable for whatever the Lord has for us, for the decisions that need to be made, right? Because we all have to make decisions in life. And so we want to be able to make those decisions with confidence. And ultimately, that confidence is going to come from being close to the Savior. I just spotted my daughter. Awesome. She is in here. I made a comment about you earlier. I didn't spot you, though. All right. Verse, verse 42, uh, going back to Luke 10. It says, Jesus, you know, or sorry, Jesus didn't say, like, Mary has chosen what is all right. Or, or that'll do, Mary. Right? He didn't, he didn't say that. He said, Mary has chosen what is better right? And it will not be taken from her. That word better, that, that needs to stick in our hearts this morning. She has chosen what is better. You know, just giving you a little bit of context, um, at that time in history, men and women had very distinct roles. And, and we still have some distinct roles. Like in, in our home, Kyle and I, we have some distinct roles. We have some roles that overlap, we have some roles that some of you would think, oh, that should be her role and that should be his role. They're flipped. We, do, we, we, make, we have our, our roles because that's what works in our relationship. And, and so, but at this time, things were very different in regards to roles between men and women. So in, in ancient Roman and ancient Jewish societies, generally um, women um, 
sorry, Jewish societies generally didn't treat women well, for one. Educational opportunities were limited, um, with few women receiving any kind of religious training or apprenticeship at any sort of trade. Very few women had professional jobs. They were expected to rely on their families or their husbands. Essentially, their value came from being a good hostess, right? Preparing meals, taking care of the household responsibilities. Those were their responsibilities. Doing like the behind the scenes stuff. Certainly not hanging out with the men and gleaning and leaning into Jesus. That was certainly not something that would have been acceptable. What would have been acceptable for Mary would have been to sort of like, try to listen a little bit and then maybe the next morning talk to her brother Lazarus and be like hey can you fill me in on the rest of the stuff that's what would have been appropriate at that time but we see in this story that Mary wasn't having any of that right and it wasn't a feminist movement <laughs> it was just Mary was not having any of that and um you know Mary dared to show that she hungered for Jesus and, and she wasn't afraid to show it. And we see that in that story. She was not afraid to show it. Mary's life showed that she cared more about devotion to God than she cared about public opinion. Man, that was beautiful. Like she just was like, I just want to be with Jesus. And um, even if it looked excessive and scandalous, that's, she was just like, I'm going to sit at the feet of Jesus. And, and what's cool about this story is that Jesus was very much okay with that, wasn't he? He was very much okay with that. And, uh, and I, I believe or I know that he was so okay with that because he's all about turning things upside down. Or maybe we should say turning things right side up, right? And, um, you know, that's what Jesus was all about. In Galatians 3.28, and I don't have this on the screen, it just says, there, there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. For you are all one in Christ. It's like we are all welcome to the feet of Jesus. Every single one of us are welcome to the feet of Jesus. It says in uh, Hebrews 4.16, we all have direct access to the throne room of God because of what Christ Jesus has accomplished for each and every one of us. Direct access. We're all invited to a relationship with Jesus and we're all invited to come close and that's what he desires from us. But like Mary, right, we have to be willing to let go of like what culture says and how we should live and return to simply being drawn, draw close to Jesus and imitate him. Like culture so often says, do this, do that, do this. And I'm not against rules. I'm not against certain things. I'm, I'm not. I'm just saying we need to be so kingdom focused as we move forward in 2023. They needed to be focused on the kingdom in, in 1994 as well. Like, I'm not saying this is just a new thing that we need to be focused on Jesus in 2023, but I really feel that word for us today. And so we, we let go of cultural norms, and we say, Jesus, we're going to focus on you. Closeness brings confidence. Confidence to live according to his word. Confidence to make his decisions, right, for our lives. Confidence to know that our identity is in him and in that nothing will shake us in this world you know a great story um, is found in acts 4 13 and and this is when peter and john are going to the temple gate every morning and there's a there's a man at the temple gate and uh and we'll just pick up from there he, 
And it said, or yeah, there was a man at the temple gate and they, they heal him in Jesus' name, right? They didn't have silver or gold, but what we have, we give to you. Rise up and walk. And then there's a, they basically get in trouble for that. And, and then in verse 4, uh, 413, it says, now as they observed the confidence, and this is in the NASB, as they observed the confidence or courage of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and began to recognize them as being with Jesus, right? So everything comes out of being with Jesus. You know, I understand this, this whole idea of uneducated, untrained. That doesn't mean you just go, well, we'll see what happens. No, like you, you glean to Jesus, you get into his word, you understand who he is, what he's done for you, and you begin to step out in that. But they, they were able to do what they did because they were with Jesus. And so practically speaking, closeness will bring confidence in your, in your job, Right? It will bring confidence in running your business. It will bring confidence as you parent your kids. It will bring confidence in preparing you for the next steps that we have in 2023 or 2024 or whatever it might be, right? It gives you confidence in making the little and the big decisions that we all have to make every single day. So closeness is what gives us that confidence because we're focused and we're zeroed in on what Jesus is calling us to do. And so another great example of, of this whole idea of confidence um, brings, or sorry, closeness brings confidence is, is David in 1 Samuel in the Old Testament when he takes out Goliath. And at the end of the day, without going through the whole story, we see him taking a few rocks and his sling and ultimately slaying Goliath, right? That's, that's what is accomplished. But, at the, but ultimately in that he says, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. And, you know, he was confident to take on, to step out because time was spent in closeness that instilled in him who he was and who he was and is. You know, like when he was tending the sheep, he wasn't just like, like yes, he was, um, you know, killing bears and, and he killed a, a lion and he did some really cool stuff like that as well. But again, it was because of his trust and his confidence in the Lord. He wasn't just like twiddling his thumbs. I'm sure he was practicing a little bit with the sling, but ultimately he was spending time with the Lord as he was doing all of those things. And so then when the day came, he was ready because he was confident, not in his own abilities, though he practiced and though he took time and though he learned some skills, but he was confident in the Lord, right? He was confident in the Lord. And so again, we want to we, we be confident in who he is, and it, that comes from closeness. It's the confidence in the Lord that gives us that authority for our lives as well. So David at a time, um, sorry, so again, when it comes to confidence, sometimes people mistake confidence and arrogance. And I think the, the thing that we need to remember is arrogance brings attention to yourself. Arrogance brings attention to yourself. Confidence brings attention to the Lord. And ultimately, when we, when we think of when we think of Peter and John and many others in the scriptures, when we think of David in these particular stories that I'm sharing with you this morning, there was confidence in the Lord. 
ultimately confidence in the Lord. There, it was nothing about them. It was all about him. And they made sure that they directed the glory to him. All right, let's go to the second point. Closeness brings clarity. So when we go back to this parable or the story of Mar- Mary and Martha in Luke 10:40, it says, but Martha was distracted, right? Pulled away, worried by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me, right? Tell her to help me. You know, again, it wasn't that Martha was doing anything inherently bad, right? Again, I've, I've nailed this. Hospitality, giving of yourself in practical ways is honorable to the Lord. He loves that. You know, there's so many in this church that regularly are doing so many practical things, and we would never be where we are today if it wasn't for people rolling up their sleeves and saying, I'm in. You know, and as we move forward in uh, next, next Sunday is going to be that an information meeting on the, the New Life Fellowship building. You know, it's about, again, coming together. We're going to have teams that are going to be praying, but we're going to need people that are to roll up their sleeves so we can ultimately accomplish what the Lord's calling us to step into. And I know I might be you know, saying a bunch of things prematurely, but, but it's about doing the practical. Lord loves that, and then as well as sitting at his feet. And so Mary did what was honorable, and yet in that moment, it was more important for Martha to stop and sit at his feet as well. And uh, Jeremiah 33.3 in the message paraphrase, it just nails it so well for us. Call to me, and I will answer you. I tell you, I'll tell you marvelous and wondrous, wondrous things that you could never figure out on your own. Man, that's clear, yeah. right? Call to me, and I'm going to tell you things you couldn't figure out on your own. Like how many times have we tried to figure things out on our own? And then if we go to the Lord, he brings that clarity, yeah. right? And, and, I'm, and I would encourage you this morning, if you're like, I don't, I'm not getting that clarity. I would encourage you to continue get close. Continue to get close. Because it will come. He will give you that clarity that you need. And so, so I love that. Um, that you could never figure out on your own. So why do we need clarity? So we can know the things we can't figure out on our own. And so that we can ultimately walk in tune with what Jesus is calling us to. Um, here's the thing with with clarity is, is um, often we want clarity, right? We want, we want the Lord to give us clarity in life, but we're not interested in prioritizing to get close, right? We want clarity, but we're not interested in prioritizing to get close. And I, and I honestly don't say this to be insensitive. Like I have been there. I'm speaking to myself, but sometimes in life we bring stuff on ourselves and we expect God to fix it. Right? Like, I won't ask for a raise of hands, but I'm, I'm there. And, and it's not to say that his grace isn't sufficient for us in those moments. It's not to say that he's not going to pull through for us. But there are moments where we, where we make decisions out of, like, not, you know, having a conversation with him first. And then we're like, oh, man, this is going horribly wrong. And then we blame him. Right? And so we want to get close so we can get clarity, so that we can make those decisions that he's called us to make. And so um, Jesus is saying, you want clarity? Well, I want closeness. 
right? So we want to be close with him, not the other way around. Again, in verse 40, uh, Martha was distracted, worried, pulled away, which led her to say, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Like, that's a pretty bold statement, yeah? That is a bold statement. And uh, it's interesting because Mary, in many ways, was, you know, what she was doing was very like, whoa, what are you doing? Right? But, but in many ways, Mary's comment was like, whoa, what are you doing? Right? Like, like tell, what was it? Tell her to help. Like, tell her. She's speaking to Jesus. Tell, tell her to help me. Right? Like, that is a bold, bold statement. And, um, and so the question we need to ask ourselves is, right? Remember, I've, I've been there to some degree at times. Where do we want to be with God? Hearing from him or telling him what he should do? Right? Like, it's a great question to ask yourself. When you're thinking about something in life, go, do I want to be hearing from him or do I want to be telling him what he should be doing? Like, I know, I know the answer for myself. I think I know the answer from you by your response, right? But it's a great question to, to, to be asking yourselves. Do I want to hear from him or do I want to tell him what to do? And so maybe today you've, you've been on the side of telling God what he should do, right? And I've been there, but listen to what Grace says. Jesus goes, Martha, Martha. These words were not words of, of like, um, these, sorry, these words were words of affection and invitation. They were not words of, of a rebuke. So, so if you're in that place where I, think, I feel like I've been telling God what, I should, what, what should take place instead of just hearing from him, this is your invitation. It's not a rebuke. It's not a bad so-and-so. It's an invitation to just say, okay, I want to start hearing from you. I want to start coming close to you. The word tells us that, that the sheep know his voice. That's what the word tells us. So I understand that sometimes it's like, man, I feel like I'm not hearing, Kate, but Lord, so I'm going to get into the word so I can hear what he wants so you can give me that clarity for those next steps that I might be taking. So it's, it's, a, the, it's words of invitation, not rebuke. Come close. Um, there's a story in uh, Exodus 3, 1 to 4, about Moses and, uh, and the burning bush. And this is a great, great story to illustrate the Lord giving clarity. So in Exodus 3, it says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Herob, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush, um, Moses saw that through the bush, uh, sorry, Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Like, I think probably all of us would do that because it's like, what is going on here? Why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. So, so clearly, there's, it's important to not just keep walking 
and do it your own way, but to ultimately stop and turn. And when he stopped and he turned and he saw what was going on, then it's like the Lord's like, okay, now I can speak to you, right? So then in verse 9, it says, And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. Um, a good name is more... No, it's, uh, not sure what happened there. Um, so God called to him within the bush. Okay, and now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way of the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And so what we see in this story is clearly there was, there was clarity from the Lord as to what the next steps were because he took time to pay attention to what the Lord was saying instead of just doing things his own way. So closeness brings clarity. In 2 Peter 2 and 3, Pastor Joel has shared this one with us quite a few times, um, more out of the Passion Translation, but I like it out of the NLT as well. It says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Everything we need for living a godly life. It's been given to us. We have it. It's our possession, right? It's been given to us. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. Again, this word I know is not I know about him. It's not I know him in theory. It's not I know him from what this other individual told me. It's this I know him intimately. And so that's the key. It's been given to us we possess it, but we have to make sure that we are getting close to him so that we can walk in that, so we can walk in that clarity that's ours. Does that make sense? We want to get close to him. It's ours. But that word I know is about intimacy with him. Closeness brings clarity. James 4, 8, it says, draw near to me, right? Draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. Again, it's this choice that Courtney talked about with, with our tithes and our offering. It's this, this decision that I'm going to take a step towards him. It's this choice. I'm choosing to take this step of faith. I don't always understand it completely, but I trust, the I trust being close to you will give the clarity to what your word is saying to me. So I'm going to give, right? I'm, gonna, I'm choosing to do that. Um, so, you know, sometimes when I think about even what I'm sharing and the Lord's word, it's like, man, it just seems too good to be true. Just, just embrace it. Yes. Just embrace it, right? So we've talked about closeness brings confidence, like I need the confidence of the Lord in my life. I really, really do. And I need to be so clear on what he's calling me to do. So closeness brings that clarity. And then this is my last point, and it's a little bit shorter than the others. Closeness develops character. Closeness develops character. You know, Proverbs 22, 1, it says in the NIV, a good name is more desirable than great riches. A good name is more desirable. A good name is more desirable. Man, you know, a previous pastor of ours was Pastor Jamie when I was in Sylvan Lake, and he used to always 
kind of use this ana analogy of like, what comes out when you get bumped? What spills out, right? When things aren't going as you want them to go. I could highlight a thing on watching the World Junior Hockeys, but I don't want to be that bad person. But when things aren't going, the, you know, I understand disappointment, don't get me wrong. But when things aren't going well, or when things, things are challenging, or something, you know, somebody bumps you the wrong way, what spills out? Like, I know what spills out of me when I'm driving. We've talked about that, right? <laughs> like, I know that. Um, but what spills out? And so, so a good name is more desirable, right? So when we look at the life of Mary, there are three main accounts, um, and all three are where she's at the feet of Jesus, right? The story that we've just been reading today, um, the story of when Lazarus dies and, and Jesus raises him from the dead, and then shortly before crucifixion. And one, the, that one specific account of shortly before crucifixion, it's found in Mark 26, Mark 14, and in John 12. And we read about Mary pouring a large amount of expensive perfume on Jesus' head as an expression of her love and devotion to him. Right? It says in Matthew 26, 13, Truly I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. And I was just thinking about our own lives, this life of character. Like it's not about us. It is all about him. We continue to point the, the spotlight to him. But I want to be a man of character. I want to be someone that, is, that, that people see as a person of character, right? That they can sort of look up to, if you, if you will. So Mary was um, an example or is an example to us of what Jesus is calling us all into, to be people of character, to be close to him closeness develops character and we want good character why so we can be like look at me no so we can represent jesus well like we've talked about confidence in in the workplace confidence in raising your kids confidence in making decisions confidence in in studying for that test confidence in having a conversation with somebody right we've talked about being um, when we get close, he gives us clarity so we know the direction, what he's calling us to do, what he's calling us not to do, when he's telling us to stop, when he's telling us to go, whatever it might be. Maybe it's, maybe it's move, move, and then I will direct you as you go, right? We've been talking about those things, but we want to do all of those things with character. We want to do all of those things with character. I, I honestly don't, like, I was trying to find another example, and I know somebody told me an example recently, um, but... I couldn't remember it. So this is, not a, this is not a way to go Julian, but when I worked for a restoration company a few, few years back, a um, number of years back now, wow, it's been over three years now. Um, when I gave my, my notice, there was one lady that sat at the front counter, like was our secretary slash bookkeeper slash like she ran the office. And um, she was awesome, but you had to get on her good side. And... And some, some of the individuals were like, oh yeah, you're gonna really love her. Like, and that wasn't like, that was a little bit of sarcasm in there, right? And so, so I made it my goal to just, to like love on her. Like just to be that guy that's like, just thoughtful, caring. And one of the best ways to sometimes do that is just to do it, like to just agree to 
their ways, like in the workplace, right? And she wasn't doing anything sketchy or wrong or anything like that. It was just like, I, I think I have a better way, which honestly, when it comes to secretarial stuff or running an office, I definitely don't. But I was like, okay, I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna do it your way. And I kept doing that, kept doing that, kept doing that. And then, um, and then over, over the years, which was like almost three years, um, we, we obviously formed a bit of a relationship and, and, and I, I didn't like dread going to see her, right? Like some of the other people did. And uh, anyways, when I left, she, she said to me, Julian, one of the things that I really appreciated about you was you were trustworthy, you were loyal. She used the word, I, I so appreciate your character. Like that to me was such a beautiful like example of being a witness for Jesus. I never preached to her. Like, I did not share the gospel with her. Maybe I should have, but I didn't. But I just, she knew though, that I was a believer. That was very clear. And so in that moment, I just thought, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for, for giving me confidence. Thank you, Lord, for giving me clarity of how to just operate and how to function sort of in this workplace. And so that, that to me was, I was so thankful for that. Again, again, it's, it's all about him and it's, it's all for his glory. And yet he uses each and every one of us every day in life to go about his business. And so we want to be doing that with character. And so we want to, we, we, you know, we sitting at, again, I guess sitting at the feet of Jesus is what's going to develop that. And so, so sit at the feet of Jesus this year, right? Because from there, we get confidence, confidence in him. We get clarity from him. And then the character is shaped as well by him, right? So confidence in him, clarity from him, and character shaped by him. And this will ultimately draw people potentially to us, but to him in, at the end of the day as we surrender our lives to him. So that is my prayer for us this morning. As we go into 2023, you know, as Pastor Joel shared, we want to continue in the word. We want to continue in following after him. We, we want to continue with what we've been taught. And we've been taught such amazing truths from the word of God through Pastor Joel and through Pastor Jamie over these last number of years. I'm so thankful for their leadership in the church. I'm so thankful for their hearts to see God operating um, in this church as he so desires. I'm so thankful that their passion is to see each and every one of you operating fully in what God's called you to. And I'm so thankful that they equip us so we can live this life that God's called us to live, right? I'm so thankful for them. And so, um, so as we go into 2023, let's continue in his word, but let's, let's take our, the time that's needed to get close so that we can walk in that confidence, so we can walk in character, so that we can walk with clarity. Amen. Let's stand together. We're just going to take a moment to pray. And, and this morning, this morning again, I just want to remind us that Jesus is inviting us to come close. And again, as I, as I mentioned, it doesn't matter whether you feel like you've somewhat arrived, though I'm going to burst your, buzzle, bu your bubble, your bubble, your bubble, your bubble. You have not. There's still room for more closeness, 
right? Or whether you are way over in this area where you're like, I don't even know where to start, right? Or whether you're just, I'm not sure where I'm at, right? He says, just, just begin to talk to me. Just begin to take time where there's no distractions, right? There's no distractions. That's what was taking place in Mary's life. She was not necessarily doing anything that was, that was not honorable, right? But in that moment, the Lord says it's time to prioritize. It's time to, to come close. There's a lot of things that need to be done, but first, come and sit at my feet. So whether you feel like you've arrived, whether you're way over here or whether you're right in the middle, right? The Lord says, come close in 2023. Amen. Lord, we thank you for who you are. And we thank you that this morning you've moved in this place. And Lord, we are so thankful for who you are, for what you're doing. And we recognize again that this is all about you. Lord, we, we take no glory. It's all for you. We thank you for your word, that it's truth, that it's life-giving, that it's your word that will enable us to walk this life in freedom. Lord, we thank you that, that in 2023, you have exciting things in store for us. And I thank you that this morning, you're, you're going to, to re, you're revealing to us and showing us what our next steps are. And so, Lord, we want to stay close. We want to we sit at your feet so we can walk in exactly what you have for us. And so, Lord, I thank you that, that again, we don't have to pretend to be somewhere along the line with you. We just come and we sit at your feet. You want to meet us right where we're at. So, Lord, this morning, help us to, to make choices to prioritize you. And Lord, I, I know I am, I am Mr. Practical. I am, I'm like a squirrel running all over the place sometimes. From here to there and everywhere. Help me to, to take those times to come close. And Lord, that's going to look different for, for everybody in this room. But Lord, whatever that looks like, Lord, that we would, we, we would be able to look back to January 8th and say, I'm, I'm in a different place with you, Lord. And it, it is so amazing. I'm so thankful for what you've done in my life. So Lord, thank you. Thank you that you draw us in this morning. And Lord, we make a decision today that we are going to, we're going to, we are going to, 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 to come to your feet. And that's where we're going to sit. So Lord, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for each and every person in this room. Lord, we thank you for what you are going to do and accomplish in and through our lives. And we will continue to shine the spotlight on you. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord, thank you that even if we are, are just really struggling right now, you're there with us. And so we, we draw close to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.